Race fans, check this out. Rappin' on Racin', Remember When. It's a new podcast from Speedway Productions. Once a month, veteran motorsports broadcaster Don Gamble will share some driver interviews from the 80s back through to the 50s with people that built our sport. The Rappin' on Racin' Remember When podcast will be available each month. To find out who each month's guest will be and when each podcast will drop, please check the Facebook page for Rappin' on Racin'. That's Rappin' on Racin', Remember When. Good evening and welcome to the April 17 Remember When program featuring six-time NHRA champion Mike Kosky. Tonight's show will include comments from Mike Kosky, Tom Lang, Bill Tovlin, and Alan Neal. Once a month, we're going to bring you some great interviews from the good old days, and we hope you enjoy tonight's show. A message for all racers, race fans, or campers. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania since 1995, we have proudly served homeowners and businesses throughout portions of Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, offering a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects. From sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation, Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include MTU, Kohler, Gillette, Yamaha, Powertech, and ASCO. The experienced sales force has over 40 years experience in the generator field, providing the resources to design the generator package to meet your needs and specifications and supply the specified products. If service is important to you, they are your source. Alternative Power Sources. For more information, call 1-800-894-4455. Since 1974, Environmental Air Incorporated has provided quality sheet metal and HVAC services in the greater Pittsburgh area. They're a commercial sheet metal contractor. Founded in 1974 by Glade Neal, Environmental Air is a family-owned union sheet metal company currently managed by Paul and Craig Neal. The people of Environmental Air are both a team and a family. They believe customer service is important. They value their employees and know that together they can have a meaningful impact on each project or service they provide. Residential service is not available due to the magnitude of their commercial work. 47 years of excellent customer service is the foundation of this successful company. Environmental Air is located at 1100 McCartney Street, Pittsburgh, PA, 15220. For additional information, call 412-922-8988. It happened on the strip where the road is wide.
Mike told me a story years ago, and if I think I have it right, there was a time when Witzberger had to decide whether he's going to do drag racing or circle track. Well, let's put it this way. It started a long, long time ago. My dad and Witzberger were in the same type of business. They sold coal, you know, house-heating coal. Well, B and A were such good friends. When Witzberger opened up Heidelberg, he had my dad because we had all the equipment to maintain the track. We used to drag it, run it in, do all of that. I could tell you some stories about Witzberger, but uh, we were really good friends. But he was he was a real businessman. Money came first. So what happened was when drag racing became very popular. Witzberger, being, he, we, we used to get coal at Campbell's Coal Company, okay, which was right up the road from where we lived. And Witzberger owned Mohawk Coal Company, which he was a competitor of ours, but we were good friends. Well, he'd always stop to see my dad. And my dad followed my brother's racing career, which was drag racing. It was big, becoming big in the early 50s, 53, 54, you know, in that era. And my dad was really proud of drag racing, so he always beat up on Witzberger. And he'd say, you got to get into drag racing because this is the common thing. And Witzberger says, I know. He says, but right now i got to take care of Heidelberg, and i got to do all of this. So he says, but I know what you guys are saying. I follow this. It's getting big. He says, and the day's going to come, and I'm going to do something about it. So he said, we'll, we'll, we'll practice. We'll have a race at Heidelberg, drag race at Heidelberg. And we said, I said to him, Eddie, this, this is going to be impossible because, you know, that's dirt, and we race on asphalt. He said, Mike, that track will be prepared. You'll think you're on asphalt. Well, he was exactly right. That track was smoother and had more bite than you can imagine on a dirt track. And it proved out, Witzberger says, you guys are right. This is very popular. Pittsburgh's a good area for it. I'm going to see what I can do. Well, at the time, what happened with Campbell Coal Company was the old man bought a new airplane. But he didn't realize that this new airplane he bought didn't take off and land too good at the airport that he had. The airport was at the old coal mine, which everybody knows is PID racetrack, okay, the drag strip. Well, what happened was everything fell into place. All the cars come in at once that Campbell needed to build a new airport, so the drag strip took over the old airport. The airport moved up to the top of the hill, which was... Campbell Air Service, that was young Chuck Campbell that opened the, the airplane service. Eddie Witzberger, Chuck Campbell made a deal, they'll, they'll open up the drag strip. Well, everything fell into perfect place, and being we were in the construction business, that was one, one of the jobs I worked on. We built the drag strip. I mean... There's guys from Heidelberg here, a guy raced you all, probably know him. Uh, he worked on that. In fact, I remember one of the best things was he, he was telling a guy that was running a concrete truck that 
He's pouring the concrete the wrong way. He don't like it that way. So the guy got off the concrete truck, jumped off and beat the shit out of him, put him in a hospital, lawsuits. There was another guy that worked there. He used to work at Heidelberg. He's, he's on a tree crew. They're cutting trees down. He's all sunstroked. He got gasoline for his chainsaw, but he had it in a gallon jug, and he drinks the damn thing. He almost kills himself. I mean, you, you had to work it there. I remember the two kids we had painting a fence. They had more, more paint on them from going across the fence. But, I mean, the racetrack was really a, a, something that the, the area needed. And the day that it opened... Not a lot of people remember this, but from Bridgeville to where the drag strip was was almost four miles away, and the traffic was backed up at the bridge in Bridgeville to get in. So it proved, Witzberger said, you guys were right. Drag racing was here to stay. That's the end of the story. Night and day asphalt seal coating is there when you need them. They feature concrete pressure washing and seal coating. They can also provide handyman services. Tawan Baker, the owner of Night and Day Asphalt Seal Coating, is a big fan of local racing and would appreciate a chance to discuss suggestions on how to make your home or business look great. He would be happy to provide you with a free estimate. The appearance of your home is important, and your driveway is the first thing people see when they arrive. A driveway at your business tells possible customers a great deal about your products or services. Remember, you only get one chance to make a good impression. Night and day asphalt seal coating is there when you need them. For additional information, call Tawan Baker at 724-620-7830. That's 724-620-7830 for night and day asphalt seal coating. Tom Lang is joining us for this special Remember When with Mike Kosky. Tom, you spent an awful lot of time with Kosky. Some of your thoughts. Well, uh, it was Wrapping on Racing and RPM's Perfect Magazine that uh, got me the opportunity to meet Mike Kosky. Uh, he was one of my first big interviews for the Wrapping on Racing show, and uh I went down to his shop with uh, Don, uh, Bill Truby, I believe, and it was the first opportunity I had to meet him and Janet, and uh, we had him on the show, and uh, I finally knew somebody that when I went to the races, I, I could go hang out in somebody's pit and somebody that could start introducing me to other people, and a uh, matter of fact, the day I was at Mike's shop the very first time, Mike Burns was there picking up some parts for his top alcohol dragster. And because I met Burns at Kosky's house, I ended up crewing on Burns' car. So it was the first real race car I got to crew on, and I met him through Mike Kosky. Matter of fact, Burns had Kosky's old uh, Rodak uh, top alcohol dragster engine in his car. And uh, we used to go back and forth with Mike to get some tuning help and... Uh, 
tried to pit close to each other, and you know, it's how you start in this sport. You start to meet other people and make some friendships. And the fact that Mike knew everybody, uh, it opened so many doors for me. Uh, we traveled, did a lot of traveling. Matter of fact, if you look at the map, uh, I was as far northeast as Montreal, as far south as Gainesville. We raced in Texas, Topeka, Michigan, and everywhere in between. So I got to do a lot of traveling with Mike. And uh, like I said, it opened a lot of doors for me. And the number of people that Mike knows in this sport, uh, in, I think it was, it was 1991, we were at the national event in Houston, and Mike kicked the rods out in the semifinals. So we got to put the spare motor in. And most of the, there's only one other racer in our class left, the guy we have to race, Bill Barney. So some friends came over to help. Uh, what ended up being four-time world champions, Blaine and Alan Johnson, and Alan went on to win, I don't know, 12, 13 championships in top fuel. Well, they came over and helped us. Brad Anderson's daughter, Shelly, and her boyfriend and now husband, Jay Payne, real successful top alcohol dragster, top alcohol driver, or a funny car driver, and uh, when you see people of that stature come over to help, you know Mike is well-connected, had a lot of friends. Uh, another year or so later, we were at Columbus, and Mike was having some issues on it with his fuel system. Wasn't sure he, how to sort out, didn't even know what the problem was. So the number of people that came over to help, uh, Bob Newberry, Frank Manzo, between them they probably had 15, 18 championships, Tim Richards, who's the crew chief for Joe Amato's top fuel dragster, by I don't know how many championships they had. All these people were over here trying to help Mike, and it, it kind of shows the stature the guy had. And then Mike himself always liked to help people. Uh, he was smart enough to realize that when a newcomer came into the sport, you had to help get them going in the right direction. You know, if they come into your class and they struggle and they can't make any headway, they're not going to stay with it long. And if people don't stay with it, your class is going to wither and die. So Mike would help everybody up to the point that they got within maybe a tenth of a second of us, and then Mike would say, okay, school's out. Because, <laughs> well, you're all racing for the same money, you know. And uh, so you have to be fair to yourself and your team, but you still have to help other people. So... Uh, and Mike was, uh, he would help anybody. And uh, I got to see some history because I raced with Mike. Uh, I was at Gainesville when Kenny Bernstein was the first driver ever to go over 300 mile per hour. Uh, I was at uh, Topeka, Kansas when Pat Austin became the first driver in NHRA history to win in two classes at the same national event. He won in top fuel and top alcohol dragster. And I would not have been at those events if I had not been traveling with Mike. As a matter of fact, and these are the kind of personal stories that you got, okay? Now, Janet Kosky, his lovely wife, who they're going to have to name a church after her for all these years <laughs> she put up with Mike. Uh, she used to bring home-cooked food to the track so that we didn't have to go out and spend all their money on dinner. Well, there was some low-buck teams, you know, some fuel teams that knew we had home-cooked food, and they'd come eat with us. 
and we went to Topeka, and my mom had made me two homemade apple pies to take along. So these two guys, uh, Gene and Eric, from Frank Cranberger's uh, Philadelphia Flyer Nitro Funny Car, were overeating with us, and we're shooting the breeze, and they said, are you guys going to Dallas? And Janet said, no. Well, Gene looked at me and said, do you want to go to Dallas? And I said, yeah, why? He goes, well, we need somebody to help on Frank's car. I said, what do you want me to do? He goes, well, you can do the bottom end, meaning you're going to take the oil pan down and you know, do the connecting rods when they take them out and put new ones in, which it's a, it's a dirty job, but it was my opportunity to actually work on a nitro funny car. And I don't even know if it was Mike as much as Janet got me that connection through the home-cooked food, although I did have to bring two apple pies with me. But so that was my price to to get in to do that. But uh, uh, so many things I remember uh, about going racing with Mike. Uh, one thing about Mike, he liked to hang around and have a beer or two or three or fifteen and uh, bench race with people. It seemed like he he thought there was an award for being the last guy to leave the racetrack. Because we stayed, we would go around looking for people who were still there, just so Mike could talk. But, uh, you know, it was was so much fun. And, uh, you know, there there were some heart-wrenching moments, too. Uh, We were at Columbus in, uh, it was 1990, and the race got rained out and postponed to the next week. Well, the track was flooding, so they allowed just the racers to get into the track to get the rigs out. And here Mike's brother, Butch, was at the front gate and had a heart attack and wow. passed away oh. at the front gate. Oh, my God. And uh, I remember how heart-wrenching that moment was. But true uh, racer fashion, uh, Pittsburgh area, you know, blood and guts, steel worker fashion, Mike came back the next weekend and won the race in his brother's honor. And that was such a special moment, knowing that, you know, the, the emotions that he was racing under, and that he could pull it out in a moment like that, and it, it showed what a champion that Mike was, that, that he could do something like that. And I uh, uh, also remember some funny stories. Uh, our friend Paul Neal, uh, he built the bodies for Mike's car. Uh, in environmental air, when Mike would build a new car, we'd figure out, you know, what size the panels needed to be. And I went to environmental air with uh, Paul Neal, and they had, uh, I would assume it was what is a CNC machine now, but they had a computer that could plot out all the pieces that we needed so that you didn't waste any metal. And it cut them all out for us, and we bent them, and uh the Neal family was a big supporter of Mike's operations. Glade, they told me that Glade Neal used to sneak Mike into the racetrack in the trunk of his car that's, when Mike was young. That's right. And uh, now I know some people that would have liked to have taken Mike out of the track in the trunk of a car. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, and Glade, they bought us new uniforms. All right, here's another special moment. We get uniforms, they're uh, uh, environmental air, paid for our uniforms. It was uh, George and Linda Peshko we got the uniforms from. And we go to the national event at Columbus, or at uh, Englishtown, 1992. 
we win best appearing crew, which of all the awards, I mean, I don't want to be snotty, but it's not a fashion show. I don't really want an award for best shirt. I'd like best engineered car, but hey, you take what they give you, right? So we go up on the starting line. We're having our picture taken, and it happened to be the same day that NHRA was debuting the Junior Dragsters, which is a huge thing now, but it was brand new then. Nobody would ever seen them. Vinny Knapp at Englishtown Raceway Park invented them. So they have four of these cars they're going to bring out for an exhibition. The media guy from NHRA knows me and sees us in these uniforms, and he comes up to me and he said, would you guys go up on the starting line with these cars to make it look a little more professional? You're all in uniform. And we agreed to. So when they do the story in National Dragster of this event, there is a picture of me in the left lane, Butchie Nor in the right lane, and Mike Kosky standing in the middle with these junior dragsters. 25 years later, they did an anniversary story, the 25th anniversary, they used the same picture. And I stopped getting National Dragster a few years before that. I visit a friend of mine at his shop, this magazine's later, and I'm leafing through it. And I see myself in this picture. And if you don't know it's me, you're not going to recognize me. And I point to, I said to the guy, can I have this magazine? He goes, sure, why? And I said, see that guy right there? And he goes, yeah. I said, that's me. And he goes, what? I said, that's me. He goes, oh, yeah, take it. So I have it in the car. A couple of weeks later, we're up Thompson. And uh, one of the fathers of the Junior Dragster guys has told me, Junior Dragsters came from Australia. I said, no, they didn't. Vinnie Knapp invented them at English time. Oh, no, no, they came from Australia. I said, dude, I was there. He goes, what? I said, I was there. The day they introduced uh, Junior Dragsters, I was right there. He goes, no, you weren't. I go and get the magazine out of my car, show the guy the magazine. I said, see that guy? That's me. And he goes, no, that ain't you. And everyone else around said, do you really think he would make that up? But all of that is because I knew Mike Kosky, and he was friends with Glade Neal, and Glade got us new uniforms. So I, I was around so many historic things just because I got to know Mike and uh, – you know, it has done a lot for my career, and uh, it was a lot of fun. A lot of special memories, memories that will live on forever. And some of the things that you were able to enjoy and accomplish with Koski was very precious. And I'm, I thank you for being part of this Remember When segment that we're doing with Mike. I think all the drag racers are going to enjoy it. Oh, I hope so, because of all the drag racers to come out of Pittsburgh, Mike is the most accomplished as far as uh, the number of national events he won and uh, the, the heights he achieved. And he did it in a class. It's heads-up racing. It's the fastest guy. There's none of the, and not to cast dispersions on guys that run brackets or index classes, but what Mike did, he did it at a high level. He did it very well. And he was very well respected by his peers. I still come across people at the races that when I mention I used to race with Mike Kosky, they shake their head. They know who Mike Kosky is. And he is very well known in the, the drag racing world. And uh, he deserves some recognition, a plus for all the people that have crewed on his cars over the years. So uh, 
I'm, I'm just honored that you gave me the opportunity to take part in this, Don. Well, I thank you very much, and you have a nice evening. Uh, thank you. Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Toma's, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Toma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinner Bell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724 724- 352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. Number One Cochran has created a new way, a faster way, an easier way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store. Or do it all online and get home delivery. Expressway is way easy to use. Just shop our nearly 20 new car brands and thousands of pre-owned vehicles to find the model that's perfect for you. We're big on transparency, so you get our best possible price up front. We call it our clear-cut price, and it's independently validated by Kelly Blue Book right on your screen. Our experts are standing by to help you throughout the entire buying process. You can also stop at any time, save where you are, and come to the showroom to pick up where you left off. Don't love your new vehicle? Don't worry, we'll take it back, no questions asked. Best of all, Expressway is open 24-7. That means you can buy your way with Expressway right away. Number one, Cochrane. See it all at Cochrane.com. All right, fans, our next caller is Bill Tovlin, a.k.a. Mr. Smooth, an accomplished drag racer. Uh, but we're going to talk about his involvement with Mike Kosky, six-time NHRA division champion. Bill, good evening. How are you? Oh, I'm just doing fine, Don. How are you doing today? I'm good. Now, you've been with Kosky for a long time. When did you two get hooked up? Well... I knew Mike since 1964. In fact, I knew his brother better than I did Mike. But actually, I know I got involved with Mike in 1990 when I had a brand new motor built for my car, and um, I had the fuel injection about 90 percent straightened out. But I was down in West Virginia, and Kenny Burksnyder said, "You need somebody to really fine tune this injection." And I got to talking uh, to Tom Lang, and Lang said, well, you're friends with Kosky. He said, why don't you talk to Mike about looking at that injection? So I called Mike up on the phone, and I explained to him what had happened and what was going on, and he told me to bring the car down to his shop. That was in 1990. I've been with him since. And uh, Mike made a phone call 
to Michigan. If I'm not, if I have it straight, he called Gerardo, Gerardo up in Michigan, and I had the wrong injectors. The injectors were uh, undersized. I needed an injector that would feed the motor more fuel. And Mike had a blower in his garage, and he said, you're lucky. He said, I have a set of nozzles that will go into that injection. So he changed the nozzles on the car, and uh, the car, when I took it to the racetrack, was almost a half a second faster because uh, changing the nozzles and also changing the timing on the motor. Mike's pretty good on motors. Now, I know you go down to his shop on a regular basis to help him prepare the car, but you don't always travel with him. When was the last time you traveled with him? Do you remember? Oh, the last time that I traveled with Mike, uh, it would have to either be uh, Georgia or one of the last time they raced up in English Town, one of them, one of them two, one of them two racetracks. I'm not sure. I when I first went and uh, got hooked up with Mike, I used to travel with him quite often. But uh, as time went on and I started running my own car, I still helped Mike down at his shop, but I don't travel with him as much as I used to. Well, let's talk about the time you were in Englishtown and Tom Lang locked you in the trailer. What happened? Well, we were, uh, Mike was getting ready to uh, make a run with the car, and I went into the bathroom. And uh, Tom wasn't, Tom didn't know that I was in the bathroom, and he, he locked the trailer up. And everybody was down on the starting line, and Mike, Mike says to, uh, Tony uh, Bartone and his crew was down there. They says we're smooth at, and uh, I don't know if it was Tang, uh, uh, Tom Lang or whoever. They said I think he's back in the trailer. So they got on a motorcycle on one of them mini bikes and came back and got me. So he didn't lock you in there on purpose. He just didn't know you were in there. Now. Yeah. Uh, a little bit about, okay, fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Bill Tovlin, a.k.a. Mr. Smooth. He does a lot of things with your car. So a little bit about your car and some of the things. I know Mike builds your motors. When you have a problem, you can usually call him up and he can give you some advice. But uh, a little bit about your car. What kind? Motor? It's a 29 Ford Coupe. It's a 108-inch wheelbase car. The car is built like a funny car. It has no suspension on it. It has a 440-cubic-inch big-block Chevy. It's injected on alcohol. I'll tell you a little story one time. I was at a racetrack up here in Pittsburgh, and for some reason I had one of the spark plug wires came off. wasn't making a good contact onto the plug. And a guy, one of the gurus up there that thinks he knows everything, came over to me. He said, you're having a problem with that injection. He says, uh, "If you know, you got rid of that injection. He says, I have a a good uh, dual inline uh, dual four setup with a, with a butt catcher on it. He says, uh, we can make a deal. And I told him, I said, if I need any advice off of anybody, I said, do you see this phone? I'll call. Okay, 
So he just looked at me. So we find out what the problem was. The one of the spark plug wires uh, wasn't on to the plug all the way because when I pulled the plugs out, I read them, and that plug was dead. So anyhow, we made another pass for the car, and the car ran a 922 at 149.86 mile an hour. I went looking for the guy. And I went over to his pit. I said, how's this? How's these numbers? I said, I don't need no dual four setup. I said, "All I, I find out what the problem was. And he just looked at me. That was my, one of my ordeals up there. If I have a problem with that car, that's why I have a phone and I call Mike. And um, I was in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And Mike was in... Uh, uh, I think if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, he was in Georgia, and he wanted to know how we qualified down there. And out of 24 cars, if I'm not mistaken, we qualified eighth, and the cars ran 100, 149, almost 150 mile an hour down there, and the temperature down there was 94 degrees, and the humidity was 96 percent. It was getting ready to rain. I've been to uh, Keystone several times to see you run, and uh, I'm amazed because the car's like a, a rocket uh, on a roller skate. And uh, there's a decal on the car that I don't understand. It says, yes, it's fast, and no, you can't drive it. What does that mean? That means people like you that ask, ask why it's honored. And I'm going to tell you a little story. You'd like this. We were racing up in Thompson Speedway about well, about seven years ago, eight years ago. A guy came over to me, and I knew him. He came over with his son. And he was telling yeah, it had to be about seven, eight years ago. And a guy came over to me, and he says to me, he said, you're about ready to pull the plug on driving this car smooth. He says, how's chances of you teaching my kid how to drive this car, and I'll pay you. I looked at him. He was there with his big cigar and his gold hanging off him and all that other. He trying to profile. He wasn't impressing anybody. Yeah. I said to him, I said, how old is the kid? He said, he said the boy is 17. I said, you want to see him make 18? <laughs> and that was yeah. the end of the conversation. He yeah. said, I got the message. I said, okay. I said, this car's no toy. No. I said, this car will get, I said, this car will get out from underneath you in a minute. In fact... Uh, the next time <clears throat> that you see Koski ask him about the time I asked him, <clears throat> I asked him to drive the car, I can't say what he said. No, no, I would have said the same thing. You know, I spent five decades racing, and I don't have stones big enough to drive that car. Well, we're we're coming up on a uh, commercial break here, Smooth, and I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, and I know that we could probably do a four- or five-hour show on some of your efforts with Koski and Duval and your racing, but unfortunately, we need to keep it to about 10 minutes, so any closing thoughts? No, there's no closing thoughts whatsoever. We're, the cars all together. I had, a, I had a transmission problem with the car last year, and I didn't run a car at all. I took the transmission. I had to convert it when I had to lunch and everything. So we, uh, I've got the car back together. We did a little changing on the fuel system, and uh, there's a brand-new converter in the car. There's a, the transmission's been gone over. So 
We'll see what happens here. Uh, the first big race is uh, May 30th down at Salem, Ohio. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, when we were up in New York last year, I noticed that the car wasn't performing the way it should. Then when we came here to Pittsburgh for that PID uh, reunion uh, last year, uh, the car really fell off. And I told them guys that traveled me, I said, we could definitely got a big-time problem with this car. And when I took it apart, I found out what the problem was. Well, I thank you for being with us, and I hope you have a nice evening. I thank you very much for your time, uh, Mr. Gamble, and uh, thank you for interviewing me. Saturday Night Racing Entertainment. That's what you'll get every week at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. The 2021 schedule is jam-packed with racing action. It all starts May the 1st with our five weekly divisions. The Rush Dirt Late Models, the Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, the Hobby Stocks, the Young Guns, and the Four Cylinders. Throughout the season, PPMS hosts several racing series, adding to the racing action. The Rush Dirt Late Model Touring Series, the Falcone Moon Township Automotive 410 Sprint Summer Series, the Rush Sportsman Modifieds, the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series, Thunder in the Dirt's Vintage Modifieds, and the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. Special events include the Ed Laboon Memorial, the Herb Scott Memorial, the Red Miley Rumble, the Juke George Steel City Classic, and the 33rd Annual Pittsburgher 100. Stay up to date with all the news from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway at ppms.com. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, and on Twitter, it's at PA Motor Speedway. Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. By implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals, you can rest assured that your vehicle will be repaired to factory specifications for your specific car or truck. At Zarin Truck and Automotive, they believe in honest repairs and will demonstrate that fully by explaining the repair or service you are receiving and they'll give you an estimate or quote before work is performed. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. All right, fans, joining us now is Alan Neal, formerly of Environmental Air. Alan, how are you this evening? Very good, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. And you? Well, I'm, I want to talk about Mike Kosky, and I first thought he was a buddy of yours, and you went racing with him, but I understand you've known him all your life. Let's talk about when and how you met Mike Kosky. Well, even before I would have met Mike, uh, I know he lived down near the garage down in Cuddy, near where my father, Glaneal, worked on their race car. They kept their race car down there. At the home and garage. Right. Uh, so I guess he had always had an interest in racing, would hang around the garage and uh, just be down near the cars and knew the guys. So probably, I guess he was 12 or 14 maybe, he couldn't get in the pits at Heidelberg. So he'd go down, then he'd hide him in the trunk and get him into the racetrack. <laughs> so that's how Neil and Kosky got actually met up before I was even born. And I know he's told me stories of being with me when I was a baby at the track, and him and Janet are, you know, knew me, and he's known me forever. So. 
you know, you mentioned getting in. I did that on many occasions where we didn't have enough money and part of the crew would be in the trunk of the car. <laughs> yeah, that was the 603 car. And I have a lot of pictures. That I, have, I have so many pictures of your dad and his racing that every time I find a couple, I give them to your brother. And a couple yeah. times I gave him pictures and he said, well, dad never gave that to me, I said, well, he liked Dawn better. So we'd have a good laugh over that because <laughs> I had a ton of pictures. Okay, so you're going racing with Dad, and he's racing at Heidelberg. You get to know Mike. All right, then as you grew older, how did that transition go? Well, he started, we started a, we had a race car that we, my brother bought, actually. It was his car, and we knew Mike raced down at, from not being down at PID. So my dad, some, one time we were down there with a car, Mike happened to be there, talked to my dad, introduced more or less my brother, got everything hooked up to us, and he helped us work on our race car back then, building the motor for us and helping us with our drag team. That would have been probably 69, 70. What kind of a really car? We started to hook up with that. What kind of a drag car was it? First was a 64. Four Chevelle, I think, and then we went to a 69 Camaro. So you've been part of the Koski scenario for forever. All right. So, yeah, then he was running this car. Yes, and I started probably going, I know I wasn't driving, because he had a first, this one used to push the dragster to start it. He had a station wagon, him and Janet would be six of us, would go somewhere, I'd be in a, just in the middle of the car and go to a racetrack and get out and help him do what I could at that age. I couldn't do very much, but I would still be there and help push the car or fill it with fuel, whatever I could do for him. Okay, Dad was... That would have been probably, like I say, 69, 68, 69. Okay, uh, Dad had been racing in uh, the PRA, Pittsburgh Racing Association, and your brother's drag racing. Now, how did this all come, kind of funnel its way into... Koski's Dragster and Environmental Airs sponsorship. Well, we did, after, like I say, my brother, between getting married and finding out that racing, as everyone knows, is not a profitable sport, yeah. <laughs> sure, you know, kind of weighed in being newly married and everything like that. So we, he got, like I said, I was younger then, so we basically got out of drag racing, and like my father hadn't been racing for then. But Mike still was. So we just, once we got met up, we still liked it and started to get involved. Now, environmental air didn't get involved till later on, probably after my dad got out of the business, because once again, he saw good money going away. <laughs> so uh, we, we went ahead and uh, helped, did help sponsor Mike later on. And and you still go with him. Uh, I know when I talk to you on occasion, you'll be talking about trips that you've been to. Uh, if you were guessing in an average season, uh, traveling with Mike, how many races do you go to? Well, we've been cutting down a little bit just because of the distance and everything going on. Some years we would probably do 12, 12 around 12 races a year. Mainly keeping on the East Coast. From Indy, we'd go from Atlanta to Ohio, uh, Norwalk, Ohio, over to Englishtown, New Jersey when they had it, and Indy, Indianapolis. So kind of stayed in that coast. 
He'd go to, he used to go to Gainesville back in the day. That was a while ago. Fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Alan Neal, a big part of the Koski uh, drag racing efforts. Uh, Now, Mike is getting up there in years, and I I suspect eventually he may be winding down. Uh, If he would ever hang up the helmet, then what would you do with all your spare time? (laughs) That I don't know. Uh, There is another team around here down in uh, Westmoreland County that's goes now so mike helped him actually get started this brandon greco really helped him in the beginning so uh they're still the brandon i think 32 or so so it would still be somebody i could occasionally go with and just to still get out there i'm sure i'm almost afraid to ask this question but what kind of interactions have you had with mr smooth bill tovlin because you never know what's going to happen or what he's going to say oh no absolutely not usually see him i definitely a couple of times a month uh like i said just bill's incredible good guy uh but I have helped him a little bit on his car, did a couple parts, and the same thing. I know Mike has very helped him with his motor very much and helped him out in the team. But uh, Bill, just like I said, he has a limited schedule to travel to, so I haven't gone to as many races as I have with Mike with him. I think it's fascinating. I When I was with Dad and we were doing a senior series, he kept saying, you ought to check out this Mike Kosky guy. And I knew you were involved, but I didn't realize you were involved with him for your entire life. And my dad used to tell me, you should learn something new every day. And today's lesson was, wow, Alan <laughs> Neal's been with Kosky forever. And some of the stories that you probably couldn't tell on the show here must be very interesting. <laughs> indeed, indeed they are. So well, we have had some adventures, I will say that. And you know, over the years, uh, you're, the friends you meet in racing, and I've said it so many times, the greatest people in the world, drag racing, circle track, dirt, asphalt, it doesn't matter. They're just great people, and these memories are precious. Yes, that is, that is very much. And it's like, it's one thing, too, it's funny that I've seen, is you can be as competitive as you are against somebody, and if you lose to them and they need a part or they need help, you drop everything and go and help the team that just beat you, or for the most part, you'll help anybody out you can. Right. I've seen it in... I mean, it... it I've seen it in circle track racing at Lernerville. There were two guys fighting for the late model championship, and they, they wrecked in the heat race, and... The, the team that didn't, their car didn't get hurt, they went and helped out the other fella, and he won the championship. So they helped the guy beat them in the championship. And it was just, it was incredible. But it is that kind of, that racing does bring a good fellowship like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was Nick Jones. He, he tangled up with, I think, okay. David Scott, and David's crew helped Nick fix his car, and Nick won the title. Well, uh, we're coming up, Alan, Neil, we're coming up on a commercial break. Any closing thoughts? Anything you'd like to add? Uh, not too much on that. Like I say, just in, you know, like I say, just been around Mike and enjoy racing and helping him out a lot. Well, I thank you That's for being I thank you for being with us, and I look forward to seeing it at one of these events. Okay, very good. You'll have to get there. Absolutely. Have a good night. Okay, thank you. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? 
Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C. J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities. Located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September. Come see daring drivers compete in late models, modifieds, pro stocks, street stocks, chargers, and the fast and furious fours. Special events include the Motor Mountain Masters, NASCAR Whalen Modifieds, ISMA sanctioned Super Modifieds, the Super Cup Stock Car Series, and Enduro races. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex takes great pride in providing fun, affordable family entertainment. The 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. I want to take a minute and talk about the upcoming Rappin' on Racing show on April 19th. Guests will include Jennerstown Speedway General Manager Billy Rebar, Braden Dillinger, Jacob Hawkins, Brandon Spithaller, Mike Sweeney, and Greg Wheeling. If you miss any of Monday's program, you can go to Apple TV and just ask for podcasts, Rappin' on Racing, or you can go to rappinonracing.com. We want to thank Jennerstown Speedway, the title sponsor for our shows, and our marketing partners, Alternative Power Sources, Environmental Air Incorporated, Night and Day Seal Coating, plus Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, RPS Financial Solutions, Toma Meat Market, and Zarin Truck and Automotive. We hope you enjoyed tonight's program. Look forward to doing this again next month. We'll see you Monday for Wrapping on Racing.